0: Pauline, give me some of your tots. Raven's egg, blood of a hen. Little bit of blood. I ate his liver with some father beans. Nice candy. Pumbo pan fry, deep fry, stir fry. Yummy! Hey guys, welcome to another episode of The Cooking Show. This week, I've got a wonderful A to Z Dinner opportunity for you. And it's fantastic. Not only is it using really common ingredients that are super inexpensive, but you can substitute things up and down the stack to make this easy for you. You can make this as homemade, you know, farm to table as you want, or you can buy a bunch of things and put them together and it'll be really good any way you decide to do it. Okay. So this week we are making chicken tostadas. And as always, what you want to do is check out the show notes. Look for the uh, the link to the Imager album. That'll have pictures of the step by step, like what what things are going to look like at this step in the process. Yada yada yada. Technically, there really shouldn't be any special ingredients or equipment for this week's episode, but. I think I can sneak in a link to some masa harina as a special ingredient and uh, maybe a tortilla press as special equipment. Listen, you might hear some screaming in the background. We have a newly three-legged cat that is uh, making a bunch of noise out there. She's she's wonderful. She's very cute, but she was hit by a car, had a leg amputated, and and she's kind of just wandering around screaming at this point. She's fine. She's not in pain or anything. She's just getting to know the surroundings. Okay. All right. So uh, we're making chicken tostadas. Tostadas. What is that? Uh, literal translation just means toasted. Okay, it's a toasted tortilla. It's a crunchy tortilla. It's a tortilla that has been turned into a tortilla chip, but has not been uh, sliced up into into triangles. Okay, we'll get to the production of the actual tostadas. But you can there's a lot of there are a lot of choices that you can make through here. Whether it's baking them or frying them, um, making them homemade, making them semi homemade, buying them in a box. You know what I mean. But The most important thing, I think, before we get into these individual components, because this is like three sub recipes, like you're going to make the salsa going to make the the chicken you're going to make the tostadas and then the other things really don't there's like two ingredients there's pinto beans and avocado but i mean it's avocado and lime it's pinto beans and chicken stock it's super simple so there's three main things that you have to make and then put them together at the end but the most important thing is the order of operations okay, okay. you can totally just make this all in an afternoon and, it, and there's not a whole lot of hands-on time it's just you know the chicken's going to cook for a, a long time in the oven it's going braise so they could be pulled. So there is a, a long cook time but your hands-on prep time is very short. However, it would certainly behoove you to at least make the the salsa maybe a day ahead of time you know let it let it marinate a little bit and then if you could make the tortilla dough if you are making them homemade you can make those in the morning and then let them let them rest in the fridge for a couple of hours okay let's start off with that uh salsa because like i said you may want to make this a day in advance because there's salt and lime juice in it and the longer everything kind of stays in contact with that the more the more penetrative 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 i think that's the word I um, hope i'm not leave, leaving out a salalable out of penetrative but the more penetrative those flavors will get and it'll marry them all together like the acid and the lime and the salt is going to leach out uh, liquid from the tomatoes and the onions and the jalapenos, and then it's going to be reabsorbed. It's kind of like whenever you're curing or brining meat, uh, sort of the same, same principles at work. But for the salsa, two to three Roma tomatoes. Now, why Roma? Roma are very closely, they might even be categorized as a, a quote-unquote paste tomato, like your Amish paste or your San Mar- Mar- Marzano's. They are relatively light on the pulp, which makes them great for making salsa that isn't just all, you know, the pulpy seeds. All right, so two to three Roma tomatoes, and you're going to want to slice those up and dice them as small as you can get, you know, quarter inch cubes, more or less, would be really nice. One quarter of a white onion. Why a white onion? Uh, high contrast. (laughs) You know, the white onion with the red tomatoes and the green cilantro, it just looks fantastic, looks better than a yellow onion, certainly looks better than a red onion, I don't know, a quarter of a white onion, similarly diced, two jalapenos that you're going to remove the seeds and the pith and then dice those up as well. I mean, you're basically just making a, a relish of quarter to eighth inch cubes of vegetables, right? Uh, I'm saying four cloves of garlic. I used a whole head of garlic, but our garlic is really small. It's uh, sort of a an heirloom variety that's kind of old world. Like it hasn't been, hasn't been bred up to these giant heads of garlic. So I used the whole one. But like four normal cloves of garlic, and then you want to dice those up as small as you can and throw them in there. You know, a handful of cilantro. If you want a measurement on that, two tablespoons? I don't know some cilantro, roughly chop that salt to taste and the juice of one lime. And you get that all mixed up real nice in a bowl, put some saran wrap over the top, throw that in the fridge, let it sit in there for like 12 to 24 hours and it will be (gasps) greater than the sum of its parts. One of my favorite lines, you know what I'm saying? So that's your salsa. So that's done, okay? Next up, we want to prep our chicken and get it cooking. What we're going to do is essentially braise the chicken we're going to use um i or at least i used a enameled cast iron dutch oven you could totally do this in a crock pot or an instant pot or even like just a big saute pan with a lid if you want to do it on the stovetop whatever but the point is we're going to cook these boneless skinless chicken thighs for a long time in a wet environment so that they're going to take on the texture of essentially pulled pork like we're going to pull this apart at the end and it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be completely imbued with the moisture and the flavor and everything. It's going to be great. The reason I'm choosing boneless, skinless chicken thighs is that they hold up to the braising pretty well. Like even though they're skinless, they're, there should be a little bit of subcutaneous fat adhered to the chicken thighs. And the fact that they're boneless, that just makes it easier. You know what I mean? If you wanted to, you could throw a whole chicken into a crock pot and just let it braise and break down and and pull that. I mean, whatever you wanna do is your prerogative, but I'm trying to keep this kind of a low bill of goods. So we're using relatively cheap uh, chicken thighs. Two cups plus or minus, I mean, a cup, cup and a half, two cups of chicken stock or bone broth would be even better. The reason for the, that bone broth is better than stock or broth is that there's a lot more of the collagen dissolved in in the liquid with the with the bone broth and what that'll do is that'll add kind of like a, a silky mouth feel and just a richer more protein dense uh, product on the back end so we get that in there Uh, one jalapeno again seeded and pith removed and you don't have to chop this up into or you don't have to dice this into as small pieces you can just sort of like slice it into it's almost like if you were to chiffonade a jalapeno but you you're not going to fold it up and cut it but anyway just little little strips of jalapeno salt pepper granulated garlic listen if you are still using garlic powder cut it out Check out <laughs> check out granulated garlic. It's so much easier to pour. It doesn't clump. Uh, there won't be anti-clumping agents like they're not going to be hiding cellulose in it so that it doesn't like compress into a brick or a bullion cube of garlic. Granulated garlic is a revelation. Check it out. Chili powder, ground cumin. Now listen, I understand that most chili powder mixes are going to have garlic and cumin in them often maybe not always but many times they will Ah, but punch it up with a little extra ground cumin yeah cumin not humid cumin and then some olive oil and now what i'm doing because i'm doing this in the dutch oven pour a little olive oil in the bottom there get it heated up like on medium high to high like you don't want it smoking but you want it hot enough that when you put the chicken in there it's going to sizzle And get those uh, chicken thighs in there in a single layer. You can pack them together. This isn't a thing where we're going to be browning it and then braising it afterwards. We just basically, by by searing it when it goes in, it it kind of cauterizes the proteins. It prevents too much of it from sticking, even though this is going to be a very wet environment. It won't stick anyway. So get those in there. uh, Season it liberally with salt, pepper, garlic, chili powder, cumin, and toss your jalapenos on the top, pour your chicken stock in there, and put the lid on it, move it into the oven at 300 degrees, and just let that run for like four hours, okay? All the juices from the chicken are going to intermarry with the chicken stock or the bone broth. The uh, the aromatic flavors of the chili pepper and the cumin are going to really get uh, worked into that that broth that is formed. And then that's going to run in and amongst all of the muscle fibers. And it's going to be, it's going to be fantastic. You're going to love it. Once you get that in the oven, you have like four hours to play with here. Okay. where you don't really have to do anything. So we're going to make homemade tostadas. Now this, whenever I say that there's a lot of substitutions you can make, you can substitute you know some fresh salsa in place of the salsa that we're making here. Highly recommend check out Brochacho's salsa, Washington, PA's own Brochacho's salsa. It's really good. Uh, the fresh salsa off the chain. If you don't want to make your own, there. Now for making tostadas, technically what you want to use is masa harina, which is like a white corn flour. However. The corn is treated with lime water, which is an alkaline solution that sort of pre breaks down the husks, which gives the resulting flour a, a much more delicate, floury texture, as opposed to the grainier texture of cornmeal. However, you might not be able to find it in every grocery store. I went to two grocery stores down here in Wayne's Bar, Pennsylvania. I couldn't find no masa harina, so I got this white corn flour. And you can you can definitely use white corn flour in place of the masa. But it will be a little grainier, a little grittier, and also the flavor will be different because the flavor changes in the lime water bath. However, because we're toasting these tortillas, uh, making tostadas, that will mitigate the change in the flavor a little bit. And the only thing you'll have to contend with is a slightly more toothsome texture as compared to... A proper tortilla made from masa. Now, if you don't want to make these yourselves, you can buy, uh, you can buy corn tortillas and prepare them the same way, or you can buy a box of Ortega brand tostada shells. They have them. I bought a box myself because I was like, what if these don't turn out good? And I still need to take a finished picture of the end result of this recipe uh, wouldn't I feel foolish if I didn't have anything? So I have this su- this extra box of tostada shells in the pantry there. But anyway, back to making this. You got your masa harina. I think I used like one and a half cups of the flour. Oh, mine wasn't masa. It was the white corn flour. And I started with one cup of water. I think I only used about a half cup of the water. But basically what you do is you get your flour in a bowl. And you drizzle in the water and with a fork, you kind of mix it all together. It's going to create, it's not a slurry. It's not even really a dough. It's just kind of a wet bread texture. (laughs) And you get that going and you just keep moving it around in there and adding very small amounts of water at a time until you don't have any loose, dry corn flour left in the bowl. And at that point, you can turn that out onto a lightly floured surface, like a cutting board and just sort of work it like Play-Doh to form a ball. You do not have to knead this for any predetermined amount of time because there's no gluten in this, right? It's not wheat flour. So, you know, whenever you're kneading a flour, like a wheat flour dough, you are developing the, the gluten chains and you're elongating them or you're making them elastic and it's changing the texture of the thing the longer you knead it and sometimes you can over-knead it or whatever. That's not going to happen here. You basically just want to make sure that all of the corn flour is hydrated with the water so that you don't have, like, pockets of dry, gritty nastiness in there. And, uh, yeah, it's not going to change a whole lot beyond that except for losing moisture content, which could dry it out and make it crumbly. Okay? So once you have that all worked together, form it into a nice ball. You can put it in a bowl with a little bit of olive oil on the bottom so it doesn't stick. And then you can pop that in the fridge covered with some saran wrap until you are ready to make the actual tostada shells. But let's say we're going to make them now. If by chance you have a tortilla press, fantastic. Just just make them on that, okay? Mm -hmm. If you don't, like I don't have a tortilla press, so what I did was... I took my my ball of corn dough and with a bench knife, a bench scraper, I cut it into four equal parts, basically just like the uh, compass rose, north, south, and east and west, two cuts. So I got four quarters of this ball, and then I formed them each into a nice smooth ball themselves. And you don't have to do it this way. I mean, you can totally just use a a rolling pin, but I took a big cast iron pan and set it on there and then put all my weight on it to smoosh it down. And you would be surprised at how much force it takes to really smoosh that out into a tortilla. Like it, all this did was press it out into like a, a three inch diameter circle, but It's a perfect circle and it's a good start so then take the take the pan off use the rolling pin and you want to roll this out as thin as humanly possible like if you're not using a tortilla press you need to try to like really roll this out into tortilla thickness more or less in doing so to get it off the cutting board or the surface that you're rolling it out on you may need to use your bench scraper or a spatula to kind of work around the edges to the middle and then pop it off there and then I just transferred those onto a parchment paper lined baking sheet while my oven preheated to 400 degrees I did two of them in the oven on the baking sheet and then I fried two of them so that I had like two different textures and flavors or whatever and they both worked out worked it great so i made four of those uh tostada shells two of them baked in the oven when you're doing them in the oven five minutes at 400 degrees and then very gently flip them and then let them go for another 10 to 12 minutes and they should start browning up and be very crispy at that point if you want to fry them on the stovetop i used that big cast iron pan with some avocado oil in the bottom and brought that up to like, you heat it up to like 350, 375, and then very gently lay one of your tostada, you know, or I guess it's not a tostada until after, after it's toasted, one of your tortillas in there, let it let it cook for two or three minutes on one side and then very gently flip it, um, and then you go back and forth every two or three minutes until you, they are as evenly golden brown as possible. You may get a couple little voids and and air bubbles there as if you were making pita or naan bread like last week. Don't worry about that, you can deflate them, you can poke a hole in it, do whatever you wanna do. Uh, But get those nice and crispy. And then, you know, you take them out of there, you put them on a paper towel to drain so that they're not all greasy. And then you can put them in the oven with the other ones just to keep them warm until it's time to assemble this, okay? So those are like the three components that you really need to make your salsa, your chicken, the tostadas. Like I said, you could, you could substitute, you know, a, a commercial salsa for, for this salsa, the chicken, you really don't want to make a substitute there. Just bake your own chicken. This is super simple. The tostadas, you can either make them from the dough, like I just described, or you can use corn tortillas and either fry them or bake them until they're crunchy and delicious, or you can buy them in a box. Next open a can of pinto beans and drain them get them into a saucepan and add i don't know about a cup of chicken stock and a little bit of salt and bring that up to a simmer you just want these to be hot yeah uh, the beans mostly add a textural component to the finished stack but they're really simple like i said it's two two ingredients mostly it's the beans the chicken stock okay salt maybe a third ingredient uh and then you just bring that up to a simmer and then cut the heat And last, but certainly not least, the avocado. I use two avocados and the juice of half of a lime, and just mush that around. It's not like you're making full-blown guacamole. like You don't have the pico de gallo and all these other ingredients or whatever. Um, It's basically just the avocado and the lime, maybe a little salt. The purpose for this, aside from being delicious, is that it's a nice—because of the high-fat content of avocados, it's a nice— that barrier between the crunchy tostada and the wet ingredients like the, the beans, the chicken, the salsa, one of the most, I would say most consequential, most informative, uh, most impactful episodes of Alton Brown's old show, good eats was whenever he made sandwiches. And it was like, cause I'd never thought about the methodology and the, the strategy behind making a good sandwich. And the main thing was, You know, cheese goes on the top, mayo goes on the bottom, or vice versa, because either one of those is like a fat-based barrier between the wet ingredients in the middle and the bread on the outside. So by putting a layer of mayo down, it prevents the the water of the lettuce or the lunch beets or whatever from penetrating your bread and making it all soggy. So the avocado in this recipe serves the same purpose you're going to spread a layer of the mashed avocado on top of your tostada and then you can you can put some beans on there and then the chicken and then the salsa you can hit it with a spritz of lime you could garnish it with some uh with some cilantro and uh, bada boom bada bing it's super simple if you wanted to you could take some uh, romaine lettuce and cut it up real nice and chiffonade so that it's you know these Wonderful, crunchy little ribbons, but it's totally not necessary. Um, but you just stack those up, and then each one is sufficient for, you know, a person with a normal appetite. It's it, it's a lot of protein and fat, and, and it is carby. I mean, you have that corn-based shell, but it's a lot of protein and fat, and it's really fantastic. Very fresh flavor from... The salsa, the lime that just penetrates everything. I mean, you have you have basically it's like a lime sandwich. You don't have lime in the in the tostada itself, but your your avocado layer has relatively heavily limed, <laughs> and I mean this in terms of the fruit, not the uh what does it be cal- calcium carbonate. Is that lime? Sodium bicarbonate? That's breaking sugar I don't know. Whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Anyway, there's a lot of lime in the avocado, and then there's a lot of lime in the salsa, and the salsa goes on the top, and the avocado goes on the bottom, and it's wonderful. It's bright. It's delicious. It's colorful. Oh, my God, they're beautiful. Look at those pictures in the Imager album. But that's that. That is chicken tostadas. Uh, You can make them as homemade as you want, or you can just throw together a bunch of disparate ingredients, and uh, either way, it's going to be delicious. And it's going to be fun. And I think you're going to love it. All right. Thanks a lot for listening. And we'll talk to you guys next week.